Welcome to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast. We have the legendary AJ and myself and Tiff uh, behind the scenes. She's the greatest. Um, always a great day. The sun came up today, AJ. You know the did it? Yes, it did. It's beautiful outside. Beautiful yeah. day in Colorado. Um, this is the kind of Colorado day that you sell people on living <laughs> in Colorado for. My little guy got in the car this morning. Yeah. Like six thirty to go to school, you have a t-shirt and shorts on. I'm like, buddy, you good? Or like, mm. he's like, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be nice today. I'm like, oh, okay. This last night when we left, you were like, yeah, you don't have you a you don't have a jacket. And I was like, yeah. when I got here, it was yeah. sixty five degrees and sunny. What do you want from I me, know. man? And then because we're saying that, there'll be like ten feet of snow tomorrow. Who knows? Yeah, I'm kidding. Um, but anyway, let's get back to before we move on to. Talk a little bit of Pacific Division stuff. Let, let, let's touch on last night a little bit. Um, you know, I got my thoughts, but what are your thoughts on, you know, after waking up to a beautiful sunny morning like like this was? So I we've reached the portion of the season. Uh, I do this every year where I look at the standings too much between games 30 and 45-ish. Yeah. And then 45 to 60, I don't look at very much because I'm like, this is stupid. Yeah. They're all going to change. None of this, like, we'll see. And I, so I woke up today, and I looked at the standings for the first time since the All-Star break. Yeah. I hadn't done it since then. Um, and I honestly feel better having done that. Uh, it was a good, I think it was a good dose of perspective that the Avs are, I think it was fifth in the NHL in points right now, and they're eighth in points percentage. So no matter how you slice it, they're in a pretty good position. The part that you are a little nervous about is that in terms of points percentage, they're eighth. Two of the teams ahead of them are both Dallas and Winnipeg. Yeah, That's not a very good position to be in, um, so there's work to do there. And uh, since the All-Star break, you can count up the number of points that you feel like they've given away. The Rangers game yeah. that they were leading, one nothing, very much like the Detroit game last night. Basically the same game in that they had a one nothing lead um, into the third period, lost it in the last 10 minutes, and then lost in overtime. That's two points that they could have had yeah. had they just closed it out. Um, the New Jersey game, giving up uh, the game-winning goal in the final three minutes in regulation to not even get to overtime, right. that's a point. Now we're at three points. You give, them, you give the Avalanche those three points, suddenly they're knocking on Vancouver's door for the number one seed in the entire West and the NHL and you count those up and you just say, since the all-star break, just those. And it's a lot of points left on the table. You go back in the season. Yeah. At least one point in Nashville, probably two, <laughs> at least one point, probably two in Arizona with the four, nothing collapse. Yeah. Now, now we're all of a sudden we're up to five points yeah. and it's, it's, you know, Hey, over the course of a season, you are going to have those nights. You are yeah. going to give some points away. They also lost in the final minute of regulation against Seattle earlier this year. Yep. Now we're up to six points. So it's starting with the, the, the point that I'm trying to, and everybody, every team has a list like this. What I'm trying to say for the, for the Avalanche is that the difference, it's a razor-thin margin between the Avalanche being in the position that they're in and leading the NHL in points. It's a very, very, very razor-thin margin there. Now on the other side of that... How many multi-goal comebacks did they have where, you know, they? Yep. that's also not something that you necessarily can count on. Yeah. 
Um, so it does work both ways, but it, it all adds up to me feeling pretty good about the avalanche this morning. Disappointed about last night. Really, my my concern about the 13 and thir- 13, 13 and 5 road record is growing. That's 13 wins and 18 losses on the road. That's a big, that's a problem for me. Oh, yeah. That's a real problem for me. Um, so that is something that I is becoming an increasing concern of mine and something that I want to see them have a strong finish. I want to see an eight and two finish on the road. Seven and three finish on the road. Twenty six, five, thirty one. So there's still what? Eleven games on the road. Yeah. Okay. I wanna see I wanna see that kind of finish on the road. Yeah. Um, where they really figure it out and they play great hockey away from Denver because they have not played great hockey to this point, and that requires them to play exceptional hockey at home. It's great that they've been able to do that, but you don't want to be in the position where you have to win all of your home games to make up for your lack of ability to do it away from home. And to that point, going into the, the Stanley Cup, you know, playoffs and the dance and the race, whatever you want to call it, right? Um, you, you need a little bit of help. What I say by that is you can't control injuries. so Totally. And and what you can control though is the way you're playing to your point, uh, leading up to the dance, and that's very important. Sure, you might have had a bad like December, January, but you know what? It's behind you now. But you actually found your strides the last six, seven games. It's very important to get into playoffs with a groove, and especially like you said, to an area that they struggle, which has been the road. It's funny because we started the season. Talking about their accolades of winning streak on the road. Yeah, they set an NHL record. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, hey. And then, you know, now we're talking about like, whoa, their road record has not been good. You know what I mean? And not the standards of of trying to win the Stanley Cup. And you're right. Then it makes you want to be exceptional at home. And they have been exceptional. So, you know, at least they've done that, you know, to counteract uh, the, the, the below average performance on the road. You know, let's call it what it is, right? Um, yeah. So, but to get back to last night, though, I mean, I just want to touch on Annie. And I thought he was awesome. You thought the same way. I mean, Definitely. I know your your studs and duds kind of, um, you know, talked about that. But mm. uh, and, and it was fun to see. It was fun. I think it was fun for him to see too. Uh, I think that that was his plan this year to to be the guy that's going to be here all year and have more a bigger workload. It just didn't happen, right? You know, you can't control again injuries and stuff like that on a personal note. Timing was wrong for him to go down, play some games, and then by the time it was time for him to get up, you know, he was injured. So kind of derailed probably their overall plan. But it's kind of nice to see him right now. He was really confident last night. And you get beaten overtime by, you know, Patrick Kane. I mean, that's as a goaltender, it's like, you know, man, you want to sh- sh- save every shot. But you're talking about great play by Larkin to Kane. And yeah. Bad play by McKinnon. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm talking about <laughs> use this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. So it's kind of all in all, I, I didn't mind the last two games, a little greasier, tighter, not track meet games as we're going to see yeah. in the playoffs. Again, it will be interesting to see tomorrow with Toronto. We'll talk about that again a little bit. But, you know, you're talking about track meets. Holy cannoli. Those guys have been involved in track meets lately. You know, oh, yeah. so we'll talk and a little bit about that. But Pretty good track meet of a game in Toronto between these two teams earlier this That's year, too. I mean. <laughs> Let the horses go, buddy. Yeah. Giddy up, Mac. Giddy up, Miko. Come on. You know, maybe that's maybe that's what I yeah, will talk about it at the end, but maybe that's what Kale needs. You know, one mm-hmm. of those games to 
Get out of the funk a little bit. But let's move on to what we wanted to talk about today, which uh, is the Pacific uh, Division. Um, obviously not the Avs Division, but a division that's part of the Western Conference and a division that's always kind of intrigues me because you don't know what you're going to get uh, year to year. I, I don't know why. It's just in my mind. It's just um, always been that way for me. Um, I'll just you know give you the floor there on the thoughts on who do you think, first of all, are the locks for the the three spots in the, you know, in the division? And, and, and do you think things will change come April? I don't remember what the first day of the playoffs is, but, you know, come playoff time. I think the last day of the season is April 15th. A little later this somewhere, year. Somewhere yeah. than that. Yeah. Do your taxes, by the way. April 15th, yes. <laughs> Tax season. Yeah. Um. So right now you got Van, you got VGK, and yeah. you got Edmonton. So I think the I think the lock there is Vancouver. Yeah. I think they're the. Uh, I also would just say, given how they've now played for an extended stretch, it's no longer just the one month; it's several months now. But Edmonton, I think, is the other lock. I I just don't see a world where those where Vancouver and Edmonton are not in the Pacific bracket. I'll give you credit though on Van. Um, I got the blinders on sometimes because of my good buddy talk and, and footy. Um, I tend to have the blinders on and not want to face the facts. And not that I'm rooting for them. Obviously, I'm an Avs fan, and that's what we are. And then Avs of blood. But you, you always root for your friends, too. And you know, I think they've done a marvelous job, footy and talk and those guys, right? So, But you're right. You've been telling me for, God, weeks now. It's coming. It's coming. I'm telling you guys. He's been telling me. He is a genius. The guy next to me is the best. Uh, it's coming. They're going to hit their slide. Then where are they at right now? Four? Um, four straight? It's I four straight. It's, it's, is it four? It's four or five. Um, I know last night they fell down last night again, right? Yes. Um, but, I, I, but I think you're right. I, I think they were just here at too good of a team to fall off, too deep of a team to fall off. I think Demko's been fantastic uh this season last year he wasn't there he was injured most of the year right so that was a big difference so i do believe that with the depth that they have quinn hughes's season um obviously Pedersen and jt miller and and now the additions of go back to zadorov big z that was a big ad for them mm -hmm. it really helps their decor it it's interesting and, about the canucks especially because i don't think any one of those moves like lindholm was the headline grabber yeah. but i don't think any one of those moves in a vacuum you look at say and you would look at and say oh yeah that's what the that, yeah that'll fix the canucks yeah sure but when you add them up over time and you look at it and you're like hey you know for some reason the teddy bluger line is the best third line in hockey right now um even better than what the Avalanche third line with Colton and, and Wood and LOC because that line is the second line right now. Yeah. Um, but that Teddy Bluger, you know, you're not looking at that and going, oh, that's a big sexy ad. That's a that's yeah. a game changer for them. But when you add you add in that line, but you also get uh, the great year that they are out of um, Dakota Joshua. and Talk loves them. Yeah, I mean, how could you not with the way that he's playing? But then you do add in um, Nikita Zadorov, and then you do add in Elias Lindholm, and you're getting tip-top career years out of certainly Quinn Hughes, but Pedersen and JT Miller are also fantastic. Brock Besser is unbelievable oh, yeah, this I year. Yeah, I his name earlier, yeah. Uh, like when it, this, is, this is exactly what it looks like when a team has – everything goes right for them. Yeah. Everything goes right for them. Are they good? Yes. Yeah. 
but everything is going right for them. They've they've gotten good health for the most for the most part this year. Yep. Um, they have gotten on the just on you know somebody like me is always going to look at well, how's it what's a team's PDO what's their shooting yep. percentage what's their save percentage they're both very very high and where I have been telling you all year is that it is unsustainably high that what they've been producing is not something that NHL teams do across 82 games. And if they have either done that or come close to doing that, they crash in the postseason. which is why I always tell you it comes for everybody, man. Lost than last year. Right? It comes for everybody. And what I actually think what the Canucks are going through a little bit right now is a little bit of that adversity of, now they have to figure out how, like, what their team is when yeah. it's not all going their way, when they're not building a two nothing lead every single night and playing with the lead, and then winning four two. What does it look like when they're getting scored on first and they have to grind through game? Yeah. What does it look like when they give up a lead? How do they handle getting punched in the mouth? And I think that is going to be a very interesting aspect of the Canucks over the next few weeks to see how do they handle this stretch of games. Because if this is just, oh, hey, they've lost four or five games in a row, and then they go, they rip off an 8-2, yeah. they handled it just fine. Just a minor blip, you know? No big deal. Speed bump. But if this turns into an extended stretch where suddenly they've lost 10 of 15. Yeah, it's funny you're saying that because talk... Problem. Met the media a couple of days ago here in Denver, and then I was talking to him afterwards. But you're right. He, he he said, and it's funny what he said though, because he said covering the Avs with TNT, obviously in that playoff run there two years ago, mm -hmm. he's a big fan of the Avs, you know, and what they've done and what they've become. And and he talked exactly about that. He says we're 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 handling we're seeing adversity now for the first time this year. And that was two games ago. So you were like two three games in a row that they mm -hmm. lost. Now they're at four or five, whatever we're at. Our numbers are. Off a little bit. It's too sunny outside. But talk was talking about, yeah, you, you, it's not like you're asking for adversity. You know what I mean? Like, of course, you want to go through it at some point because of, like we yeah. said, the Bruins last year. Or, you know, adversity is healthy. It's it's healthy. But he's like, it's not like you're looking for it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, let's get some adversity today and tomorrow, and then we can get it off by next Thursday. And he said, the Avalanche probably the best team at handling it. You know, in his book for the last couple of years, and that's those are his words. You know, he said. They know how to do it. Their, their their room knows how to do it. Their coaching staff knows how to do it. You know, it's an aura. It's a smell, right? And and, and maybe just look at maybe maybe a little jersey last year. Once they hit it a little bit, I think they're a little immature with it. And, you know, mm -hmm. everybody starts like, ah, panicking. And you look at them now. You know, but that's what I'm saying. So when they, you know, when it hits, you have to be able to stop it to figure it out. It doesn't mean that it's going to stop in one day. Right, we've seen the abs a couple times this year where it's like three, four games. It, you know, it takes a little bit of time, but I, I think it was interesting to hear talk talk about the adversity and obviously what they're going through. And uh, the other team I want to talk a little bit more here on, but you're right about Edmonton. It's not a fluke. They're good. We, we yeah. all knew that. It wasn't normal. The first twenty games were just not normal. Yeah. Like well, it, and and again, somebody like me is going to look at all the all the underlying numbers and they're going to say this team is nowhere near as bad as its results. And sometimes the team can produce really good underlying results and have a fatal flaw. Ask Hurricanes fans. They know this well. Yeah, that's right. But their goaltending was horrific. And there was no way they were just going to continue to have the problems that they were between 
playing as well as they were, but losing the way that they were. Yeah. It was. It, it's kind of the opposite of what the Canucks have done a lot this year, where the Canucks have been outplayed in a lot of games. Yeah. But they have a two nothing lead. They scored three goals on five shots. You know, stuff like that. Like we saw in Minnesota the other day, where you know they had three goals on five shots. They had a five two nothing five two lead going into the third period. Now. That part was normal. What happened after that in that Minnesota game was the weird part. But, you know, Edmonton this year was kind of in the opposite boat. They they were playing pretty well. They were losing a lot of games. And then, obviously, they rip off. You know, they start playing well. They they make the coach change. They start playing well. And then they rip off 16 straight wins. And it's like, well, it it also goes to show you how deep of a hole it can be in the NHL where you're like, we say all the time you can't make the playoffs in the first month of the season, but you can miss them. Oh yeah. And Edmonton, if if the Pacific Division was a little bit better, if the West was a little bit better, Edmonton would be in a tougher fight right now to make the postseason in a more normal year. As it is, um, the softness of that division, Vegas and LA both falling apart after blistering hot starts. <laughs> has created the the situation for me where the it's easy for the Oilers to 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 make it now. Yeah. And they're probably the team that I'm I take the most seriously. Yeah. Just given Vegas's injury issues right now, I don't and yeah. not really knowing what's going on there. Um we'll get we'll get to that. But with Edmonton, I just think that's a really really good hockey team and that they're playing really good hockey. And their elite players are playing great and they found a top pairing. They found a goaltender that is playing good hockey. That's all three levels, Mm -hmm. all three levels. Their elite guys are elite. They've, they've found something on defense with Ekholm and Bouchard at the top of it. And they're playing fantastic. And Stuart Skinner has shown himself to be pretty good. So now you cross your finger. If you're an Edmonton fan and you say, is this the real Stuart Skinner? Yeah. Or is the Stuart Skinner of, Last year in the playoffs and what we saw this year, first 20 games, you know. Um, but, but you're right. I, I think Edmonton's a lock. Vancouver's a lock. Yeah. Uh, but to get back to Vancouver two seconds, I just saw something on chat. I think Jack was talking about. Um, and, and Talk did mention that, too. Is they've played so many road games. You know, it's just like the avalanche. Yeah. You know what I mean? They've, they've played so many road games, and it's the dog days of February, and it hits everyone. Is it any uh, coincidence for the Avs that their worst stretch of the season came where they played... 11 out of 13 on the road. Now they had obviously a break. Yeah, yeah. But 11 out of 13 on the road and every single one of those teams except the Montreal Canadiens was actually a pretty good team. Oh, and the Ottawa Senators yeah. was was a pretty good team. Yeah. It was like a team having like a solid year. It, all of those teams think that they are playoff teams. Yep. The, every one of those teams that they played. Except, and that last six-game trip that they had, there were no easy nights. There was no free night. There was no, you know, that's a that's a hard road trip. Yeah. And the Avs un- greatly underperformed, but that was a hard trip. It was. And then six games coming out of an all-star break like that, that's a rough, that was a rough ride. So the, then the question is, you know, to wrap up the Pacific, uh, you know, because we'll move on later about the uh, wild card, but do you think L.A. knocks off Vegas as it stands right now? I'm just saying, I mean, look. How many points apart are they? They're VGK is at seventy and Vegas is at uh, LA's at sixty six. Because we 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 both agree Edmonton's gonna they have more you know they have games in hand. And, yeah. You know. They're, well, and they've got the sustainability and yeah. none of the no, problems. and they got the wind going. And and do you think LA 
catches up to them, and they got two games in hand. I don't on Vegas. I I don't think so either. Yeah, yeah. Um, as much as you know, we were laughing about the Mark Stone stuff yesterday, where for the third straight year, Mark Stone mysteriously goes down with an injury in mid February, right before the trade deadline, that (laughs) opens up the possibility, you know, of Vegas being able to uh, make a big move at the deadline to kind of salvage things. Like, I'm like Jake Jake Gensel is a golden knight. He just is like for my money, they're going to do whatever they have to do. They have all the trade assets that they need <laughs> to go get Jake Gensel to, you know, to you replace. Get the, you want to get the guys going? Yeah, Mark Stone. Going. But once, you know, as soon as Mark Stone, or I'm sorry, as soon as the playoffs start, Mark Stone will be healthy and then they'll just add Jake Gensel and they'll add somebody else to it as well. You know, the, the, the Vegas is not done adding. This is what they, this is how they operate. Um, it's, it's, must be nice to have such a superstar as Mark Stone that is brittle enough to be hurt at the same time every single year right before the deadline, but good enough that once the playoffs start, he's a warrior. <laughs> so, uh, honestly, that's a, I mean, that is a boon. Everybody needs a superstar like that. So, I don't think that L.A. can catch Vegas, no. I, and I just You're think Vegas is an argument from me there. I'm with you. Um, I think they're good. All right, then we are brought to you today by Bet365. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Uh, every touchdown, every game, every point, every play, uh, every from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Get a better price on chosen markets for select games with Bet365. 365 boost or bet 365 super boost you can even get in on our very own custom bet keep an eye out each week for the new bets on bet365.com ride with dnvr and place your bets using code dnvr365 at sign up must be 21 plus and physically located in colorado please gamble responsibly if you are someone you know as a gambling problem and wants help, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. That is 1-800-GAMBLER. What are you looking at me for? I gotta, I'm telling you, like, they're not fighting over their bets. You know what I mean? Like, like Rudo's the bet king. He's not here today. Rudo bet 365's our guy. He'll make you money. He'll, Rudo will make you money on bet 365's before the game. Just listen and, and trust him. Hey, he's been hitting them lately, so... We're also brought to you by Premier Members, Premier Members Credit Union. My French came out there. Sorry, I apologize. My God, that was awful. Uh, I apologize, Premier Members Credit Union. There are a lot of financial institutions out there, but there's the one and want you to remember the Premier Members Credit Union. They're not a bank, which means they do things differently. Uh, like putting their members first with higher savings interest and lower loan rates. When you become a new member at PMCU, you will get $200. You just have to open a checking account and sign up for e-statements. It's that easy. This will be your best money move yet. Head to becomepremier.com to find out more. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. We're still with AJ, myself, and the lovely Tiff. Let's talk a little bit about... Tiff even though they're apparently fighting. wants to fight. Yeah, even though they're, even though they're fighting. 
are fighting. They are fighting. I'm not, I'm not making um, you. Don't make me plug my mic. Anymore. I'm not making you do anything. I'm in between. I'm no comment. Unbelievable. Um, Unbelievable. <laughs> let's people's kids, dude. Let's talk a little bit on um, wild card, <clears throat> shall we? AJ, a little bit of wild card there in the West, obviously. So we just finished the end of the first segment talking about how neither one of us thinks that. LA is going to catch Vegas, but don't you have a little, like the little bit of concern about Vegas? Because if Vegas doesn't make the big deadline move, if they don't go get a Jake Gensel, or I don't even know who else they would want at this point, like. Well, they always go after the big fish. Right. (laughs) But if they don't make that and LA stabilizes a little bit, which it looks like they are stabilizing a little, um, and Vegas continues to roll out these not very impressive lineups with no stone and Eichel. I mean, isn't there a world where they slip down into the wild card and maybe the abs don't want to win the division? (laughs) Hey, I always say if you start looking down and you're starting to pick and where, you know, let the chips where the fall, but, but I agree with you in the back of your mind, it is there. Um, like Winnipeg's going to have this incredible season and they're they're going to win the central division, surprise everybody. And their reward could be a suddenly healthy Mark Stone in game 1 of round 1 and they have to it's it's the same matchup of last year's playoffs except it starts in Winnipeg, but now Vegas is magically healthy plus the deadline ads like you're right. You never want to play, and then you're going to say, well, look, the Avs played Seattle last year. You know, you never want to play the cup champs because it's theirs to defend. You know, They're the cup champs until you get dethroned, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just how sports work. So Seattle handled it. Well, that's what I mean. Like, you know, you're, you're full of shit with your point. You know what I mean? No, I'm, yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying 100% of the time, and I'm not saying that 100% of the time you're going to lose it, but you don't have to like it and say, oh, God, are you serious? We have to. First round, we have to take on the champs. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, so that, I agree with your point about Winnipeg, if that's the case. You know what I mean? So <clears throat> I think it'll, it will be quite interesting to see, you know, like I got them pulled up right here, but, you know, if it doesn't change, you know, let's say LA stays, you know, at where they're at, uh, you got St. Louis at eight. I don't think St. Louis scares anybody. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know they, they don't scare you because you don't like them at all. Um, but obviously, if it would stay like that today, I mean, Nashville is right on the cusp, right? With with uh, Yeah, and the reason why you feel like L.A. is probably locked in there is just because, yeah, maybe they don't catch a Vegas, but who's seriously going to – do you really have faith that L.A. is going to fall apart so badly that St. Louis or Nashville overtakes them? No. I, in this case, it'd be both of them. Mm-hmm. Both of them would have to do it. Or even the, you know, you go down, you, any of Seattle, Calgary, or Minnesota is going to overtake both of those two. Two of, of those teams are going to surpass L.A. before the end of the year. So I think L.A. is there. I'm with you. And, and, uh, and I go back to my good buddy, Daryl Sutter, like a couple years ago. That was the funniest line ever. when he's like, great, you're going to make the eighth seed. And then, wow, you're going to play, what, Seven days, and then you'll be gone. Like, yeah. you play the Avs four games, yeah. and, and, and it's exactly a waste what of happened. seven days. It's yeah, exactly what happened. It was so funny because when he said it, and then it exactly happened that mm-hmm. way. You know, they which, swept Nashville, and it's like, yeah, you're right. You know, so let's say you made trades or didn't make trades because of, and that's why 
having been in management, like, you know, I don't like, <laughs> I don't like where Seattle, Calgary, Mini, they sit, you know what I mean? Because it's like, when you do the math realistically, you're basically two to three points away from St. Louis to make the final eight spot, yeah. right? I mean, it's you're really not out of it. But do you really have the team to do damage yeah. in, in the playoffs? And that's what you got to tell yourself. But that's a tricky line because then you got to tell your fan base, yeah, we're actually not going for it. Like, we're, we don't want to go in the playoffs. And then you always hear, like, get in the playoffs and anything can happen. And, you know, yeah, I agree to a certain extent. You know what I mean? Like, think of the LA Kings, their first cup, you know. It that wasn't was, an eighth place seed. That it wasn't was, an eighth seed. Yeah, people like to point to that, but that was a team that, again, if anybody was paying attention to underlying data at the time, that was a very good hockey team. That was a sleeping giant that woke woke up in a big way. And then we were right behind. Like, Remember we lost game 81 mm. and then finished ninth or whatever it was, but it's like, really? Like, oh, my God, we were like, if we won, we could have won the cup. No, because we didn't have the team built to win the cup. The Avalanche I'm talking about that year. Yeah. But the Kings did. That's one of those, like, you're like, they weren't the Stanley Cup champs, but whoever the top seed was, like, I don't remember that year, but like, well, we're going to play these guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I just don't see looking, because we're talking wild card right now. I don't feel like that about Nashville. I don't feel like that about Seattle. I don't feel like that about, you know, even St. Louis. That's right now in a spot, right? Having fired their coach as well, you know, and, and then you got Seattle. Um, that I think they're just, you know, a bunch of hard workers. I mean, it just shows the way that they're greasing it up. They're right there. You know what I mean? The difference with Seattle is that they've had trouble winning games this year and they are only in this race because of overtime losses. Yeah. No, you're right. They have a 21, 11. They have 11 overtime Mm -hmm. losses and the Mm -hmm. teams around them have two, two and five and Minnesota was six. So you're talking about they, the only reason that they are here is because OTLs. And I think it's a pretty big problem when a team's number one issue is winning games. Yeah. It's hard to buy into them making another run, but you never know. I mean, yeah. I yeah. And, and I say you never know with this group of teams because they're just not – you're not worried about any of these teams come the postseason. No. I want to ask you about your thoughts on the Blues here because they have some guys that you could that, – that could – be interesting additions for actual good teams. Yeah. You know, Pavel Buchanevich's name has come up. Yeah. He's really, really good. He's really versatile. Yeah. And he's only got a year left on his deal. Um, next season left on his deal. Yeah. That's a guy that could be a big ad if Vegas were to want to go and get him. Somebody else would want to go and get him. What's, if what's, you're, he, at? what's he at again? I think uh, he's at 5.8 okay. for another year after this. But I admit I haven't looked recently. Uh, Um, The Blues, is that, we know that they are a team that always thinks they're in it. They're always trying to compete. Last year, they they saw the writing on the wall and they sold. Early. Moved on from guys, got good returns, opportunities for them to build to the future. Yep. Um, Is that, again, where they should be? Just given how ooey-gooey, soft, and not good this group of teams is? Or should they just say, hey, we'll we'll try and make it, and we'll just hope that Jordan Bennington can outplay a class of really questionable goaltenders ahead of them? Well, when you look back at their run, you talk about it all the time. It was a team that got hot at the right time, and then Mm -hmm. 
and then goalied a lot of teams in the playoffs, right? Because you have to give credit to Bennington. Like, he played well that run. I mean, he was, and he's playing well this year. He didn't play well necessarily in the last few years, and it, you know, ultimately probably cost them the fact that they had to sell those guys last year because goaltending yeah. wasn't good. You know? It was uh, real bad last year. And this year he was better, and then, you know, obviously they moved on from from, from Craig Berube. Uh, but it, it is a team still, like, that's the only one of the, that pack of teams that I would say because they do have the pedigree from a few years back. You know, they still have players there that have won and know how to win. And, and that Bennington do can they? get a, Well, they do. Like How many of those guys are still around? It's like right, Bennington, right. Pareko. I mean, yeah, Peter Angel's gone, which was a big loss. Yeah. Ryan is gone. It's a big loss. Yeah. Can can Brain Shen? There's no, there's no Perron. Thomas. Yeah, you know what? The more I'm talking, the more I'm full of shit right now. You're right. You know what I mean? Like it's been a few years, right, and they've right. they've cleared out a lot of those guys. I think now. the guys that made them win. Uh, obviously, I'm a big fan of Ryan. You know, so Ryan O'Reilly, um, Peter Angelo, uh, who, David Perron. I am. We talked about it last night. As you know, I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, you're right. You know what I mean? Those <sighs> frack, frack, frack. Tarasenko, you know, was Shen's good. You know, but well, well, and he's know. on the he's on the decline. And then and 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 we talked about this. Can can Thomas and um, Kairu can they really be the guys to carry that team? You know, I don't know. Like it looks like since the reins have been given to them, they haven't really. I mean, it's a five hundred team. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, and it's cost a job to a to a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, so and they've been better, but again, in a yeah. normal playoff year, would You're they right. really be in the race? Yeah, you know what? They're I, if I'm them, if I have to do whatever I need to do, I sell. I, they're not they're not going anywhere. Uh, and I'm talking about to realistically make damage uh, in the playoffs. And and in Calgary, I mean, you talk about Jekyll and Hyde. You know, they, they they win four games, they lose three games, they lose four games, they win four. I mean, it's kind of and I think they're in sell mode, as we know. They've already started with when yeah. they decided to trade Z, and then yeah, they're going to get a lot Lindy, worse. Lindholm, yeah, Lindholm, and I think that you know, you and I know Tanev's going to be gone by him. Tanev, Hannafin, and Markstrom could all be gone, but Tanev uh, and Hannafin for sure, hundred percent. If I'm a team, I make a, I make a, I make a go at Markstrom. I do, I do. I think he's seeing the puck right now. He's playing well. Again, like any other athlete, like you got to have your head on straight in the sense that you feel good about your game. And I think that's where he's at right now. He feels good about his game where that's not necessarily last year. I think the playoff against the Avs like hurt him. You know what I mean? Well, and he fell apart against the Oilers. Fell apart against the Oilers last year. Uh, Sorry, two years ago last year they didn't make the playoffs. But um, if I'm a team like Jersey, it just seems like so such a perfect fit you know what i mean like if i'm a team like jersey i go hard after him so if you're jersey let me ask you this because there's two goalies here who could really shake up this order yep because nashville is also in there and yeah. nashville is the team that we haven't really talked a lot about yeah um that you know uc soros is right there if you're in New Jersey, do you want UC Saros or Jacob Markstrom? Well, I think you're right. It's one of those two, and I wanted to talk about Jersey right now. So it's perfect that you're talking about it because I know you like Askarov. Uh, Milwaukee's on an 18-0 and run. Easy to like a goaltender when he's won 16 straight games <laughs> in the AHL. But they are like on an 18-0 and run, give and take. You know, yeah. I'm sorry, my, my stats are not up to yeah. date on American League. But Milwaukee is on a <clears throat> heater. You know what I mean? To take Jack Hughes' words, like, they can't lose. I mean, it's scary. You know what I mean? It's 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 amazing. Now, as far as Nashville goes, that I think they'd really be a. I think they'd be way 
more down in the standings than they are today. That's my original thought at the start of the season. I thought they'd be a little lower. Um, I think they're they're right there, which I didn't think they would be there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that makes sense. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, they're like, what is it, two points out? Or whatever they are. Andrew Brunette, I think, is a really they're good tied. coach. They're tied. They're tied. No, I'm a Bruno. I actually have Bruno's I mean, he's awesome. a really good, good coach. man. It's awesome. And again, you bring in Ryan there. It's good leadership. You know what I mean? Like, it's, listen, I just thought that it would take them a year or so to move on from last year, you know, which was yeah. a disappointing year. Um, I do think you, it is really helping Nashville that they're playing brunettes a little more up-tempo. Yeah. Um, I think it's hurt Soros and it's hurt his numbers. A little bit, yeah. But it's allowed what their defense does best to do what it does best because they get out and yeah. they move the puck with the OC and Barry there. It's a couple of guys that play the offensive side of the puck better yeah. than the defensive side of the puck at this stage in their careers. Yeah. And... I think that really helps them. It does not help Soros. No, but to answer your question, like if I'm Jersey, it's whatever <coughs> the deal that helps me stay competitive for a run in the playoffs. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Like I'm talking about roster assets. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's a goalie. Like it's a little different, right? So it's it's not like you're you're trading a D for a D or you know what I mean? So you're a goalie's coming in, but. What are they going to ask in return, i.e. Calgary and then, example, Nashville? Yeah. Um, but I go after one of those, too, if I'm them. No offense to their goalies that we're, are there We're right talking now. about New Jersey, but L.A. Yeah. could also be in this conversation of, And my hey. next one was, I'm L.A. I, I do the same thing after those two. Yeah. You know, we talked about L.A. all year, and you know that. We, we, we both like them, and... Mm-hmm. Um, I still they're, think they're really good. They really just need good. a goalie, man. They, they just need a goalie. <laughs> yeah. the, you know, Talbot is a good goalie. Uh, you know, it's just that it wasn't going to be sustainable what they yeah. put up, right? Copley getting hurt and him taking on the, the load, but it didn't, you know, all of a sudden they got hit in the head, right? Got They got punched in the face. Uh, and then it cost ultimately Todd his job, right? So Yeah, well, Talbot and Riddick is not a tandem that. Well, we had that in Calgary, so that was our tandem. How did that go? That's that's, what, that's my point. And that's why I'm sitting here. But I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it was your fault. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. Uh, it's a farce. No, I, good human beings. They're just, I don't think they're the ones that are going to take you over the top. Yeah. Uh, and with I, Markstrom and Soros both out there right now as yeah, maybe the to. teams that have them are willing to move on. I'm, I'm sorry. <sighs> to be honest with you, e- even if Markstrom and Soros don't move at the deadline, it makes no sense for them to not get moved in the summer. And for Jersey and LA to be the teams Correct. at the front of that line. Correct. Maybe Buffalo as Correct. well. Yeah. But really, Jersey and LA need to be at the front of the line for the goaltender. You know, if you wait till the summer, a guy like John Gibson could get into it too. But honestly, like the those two teams with those two goaltenders out there, mm-hmm. it makes the most sense for them to to make the bigger move. If you're Nashville. Yeah. I think that L.A., if L.A. is willing to move on from a guy like a Brant Clark for a goaltender, that's a better piece than anything New Jersey would be willing to move on from. Because if they're not going to move on from uh, Nemitz or Luke Hughes, which they won't because obviously you won't, um, but also not Dawson Mercer, is is Alexander Holtz a wing? The real centerpiece of a trade return for you? For me, the answer, I want a young defender. That's where it always starts. I want a young defender. And L.A. between Jordan Spence and Brant Clark, 
They've got a couple of them that you might be able to pick through that that are yeah. pretty good, pretty interesting. And they've managed them well by letting them go play a little bit more in the minors, yeah. and you know. So I, now I think I think Brant Clark is better than Jordan Spence. So I think yeah. they're, they're you know when they're when we say there are levels to this, I think Brant Clark is better. But is Alexander Holtz really the centerpiece of a deal there? So. Maybe. You know, when we're talking about the wild card and we're talking about out west, LA is still a team that I'm saying. Yeah. Are they going to in, in terms yeah. of looking for a goaltender? Yeah. They're kind of that's like the if you're the abs, you know, you're looking at it and saying I don't think I want that to happen. <laughs> I think I want them to go into the postseason with Cam Talbot and David Riddick. Oh yeah, of course. Um and I think you and I agree, Tiff Chicago, San Jose the beloved Ducks and our buddy Cronin. Um, I'm, I'm going to put Arizona in there too. I mean, obviously. Um, yeah. I don't know that there are any game changing players that come out of any of those teams. No, no but what I'm trying to say is those, there's an X next to those guys. They're not yeah. making the playoffs. Yeah, they're done. And I think Mini that always makes that run to be there at the end. And do they really have the team to win? I don't think so. I agree. And I think it's hard for Billy because he's, he's a winner. He's a, he's a grinder, you know. So just send us flurry. That's okay. You know what I mean, like let's just you know maybe we brokered a deal yeah. here, and you know so make sure Tiff, make sure you send that to Minnie. Um, let's let's broker a deal here for flurry. But but you're right. You know I think the line is drawn at at Calgary. You know what I mean? Where, but even then will be hard to do because if they stick to their plans, which means they'll lose more veteran roster players right now coming up. But. And with Minnesota, I think that when you look at it and say, "Well, they're right there. They're 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 in it, right? Yep. They're only four points back of St. Louis." Okay. Mm-hmm. My question is, can if you're Bill if you're Bill Guerin, do you think that Minnesota can be five points better over the next twenty five games? Can they be five points better than four other teams? Because no, they need to be five points I mean, better exactly. than St. Louis, Nashville, Seattle, and yeah. Calgary. I know. I don't know. That is a ridiculous look. It's a tough look there. It's tight. Makes it for fun. You know what I mean? Like, you know, oh, her look. Oh, God. I think you meant like. That is also is a, a bad look. look. You know, that is like, not a, a good position to be in. It's not because those teams, it's hard with your fan base. And you got to respect your fans. Put them as priority in your organization. You know, and then it's it's almost tough to say like, hey, we're quitting on the season. You know what I mean? Because it's, ultimately, that's what you're doing. Yeah. But it's for the benefit of later, you know, but. I mean, who knows? We don't have a crystal ball, right? So it's always hard for a fan to to see this, but I don't know. <laughs> and and I guess my my follow my question for Bill Guerin would be, okay, you've got that. You're having that conversation. But also you get is is it worth it to keep guys around that may not stick around, may not help you next season? Is it worth it to keep those guys or to even go and get a guy or two, you know, maybe like bring a Matt Dumba back, for example, like maybe a Jason Zucker, you know, the yeah. former former wild guys that, that might be available. Yeah. Would it be worth it to go get those guys and finish in ninth place? Oh, exactly. No. Yeah. I know what you're saying. Because it's always, the conversation is always, well, if you get in, anything can happen. Okay. Well, of those teams that we just talked about, one of them will make it. So the others all have to make smart decisions here and recognize what they are and what they aren't. And I think this is going to be an interesting deadline to parse 
who is being realistic about what about their reality right now. I think Nashville's in the easiest position. They're just happy to be here. All the others had some level of yeah. seriousness coming into the season. Yeah. Calgary is in the easiest sell position because they've got UFAs that aren't staying that yeah. are going to fetch something good on the market. Yeah. Markstrom is the hard hard decision to make. But Nashville's just happy to be there. They can continue to sell freely. Calgary's going to sell because that's just the position that their roster is also in. Yeah. But. <laughs> Her look. Yes. She keeps changing it. But St. Louis is in a tough spot there. Yeah. Minnesota's in a tough spot there. I was listening to Berkey. Brian Burke this morning mm. on the radio. I was crying and laughing because some of his takes are just so. They're awesome. You know what I mean? Like. And he's talking about, there's only one Stanley Cup. I got news for you. There's only one Stanley Cup. Only one's being awarded in June. You know what I mean? Good you know, point, Berkey. He's like, whoa, but he's right. And he's like, but then there'll be some stupidities here coming up the next two weeks. And people just, managers just lose their shit, their mind. And then they just make some stupid trades and going for it. And then, you know, he goes by seven to 10 days. And to kind of like Daryl Sutter's point, you know, like, Seven to ten days into the first round, like they'll be down to eight teams. So eight teams out of thirty-two, you know what I mean? The dream or the doing something stupid, like you know, yeah. would have been like, oh boy, what did we do? You know what I mean? Half then, of the teams that live yeah. off of the drive of yeah. once you get in, anything can happen. Half of those teams are gone after gone. a week. And that was funny to hear him talk. So anyway, so if you're trying to debate whether you you should go for it, you should sell, or you should. Um, add to your assets. You can go get snacks at Circle K. You know that's like a rudo transition here. I, I tell you, done. you know when we're gonna be eating some snacks is on our trade deadline show on the day of the yeah. deadline. We're gonna be nom 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 and just wood chippering through some Circle K snacks. Sitting over there on the couch and get the computers open and get some snacks. So we'll be here. Oh yeah, we'll, we'll be on air. Oh yeah, that's right. No, but when we're not on air, you know what I mean? Like taking a break. No breaks. All right. I like it. Tiff's like got the hang on. So anyway, we can join Circle K's inner circle for free today. Use the QR code. Enter your email and phone number to be fully enrolled. After that, all you need is your phone number to get deals, including 25 cents off your first five Phillips and more. Sign up with the QR code on screen or visit www.circlek.com slash inner circle for more information get a free any size polar pop from colorado circle case by texting dnvr to 31310 that's dnvr to the number 31310 message and data rates may apply periodic recurring messages per month terms and conditions can be viewed at circlek.com also brought to you by the wonderful people at Breck Brew. Breckenridge Brewery has been making beer for 33 years, and it all comes down to their love and passion for good beer. Try an Avalanche Amber today and use the Breck Beer Locator, only to find it anywhere in the U.S. at breckbrew.com. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. Let's talk a little bit of... Our Red Three Six Five Top Five. Yep. Today we are going to talk about the top five usable. Is it the best way to do it? 
How about we use your terms? Is that what, what yeah, you, I, I just had top five trade assets for the Avalanche to use um, to yeah. use at the deadline this year. Perfect. Why not? Let, let's you know trade deadlines coming up. If you're not familiar with it, well, it is coming up March eighth, three p.m. Eastern time yeah. is the deadline. One p.m. Mountain. Mom. 1 p.m. Yeah, 1 p.m. Mountain. Look at me doing know, math live on air. If you're reading, <laughs> yeah, uh, my, my, um, but if you're uh, uh, a big hockey fan, there's always stupidities of the deadline. There just is. It just is. It's the word deadline that creates those things, right? Because there mm-hmm. is a deadline. It moves things along. There is the what we just talked about teams that are. Thirsty, starving for something, which I don't mind. I'm a gambler. I, I don't mind it. I've liked what Tampa's done the last few back then. There were crazy moves, but it worked out. So, mm-hmm. But there's been some crazy moves that didn't work out, right? There's been some teams that added a lot of guys, and and it just didn't pan out. And so let's talk about some of the top five assets that the Avs could use to better themselves and to make sure that. Yep. Mac and the company are not drinking too much brew. You know what I mean? They're actually. They're not drinking it on the golf course and after right. 10 days. Yes. Yes. So we want to make so sure. Those, those are, nice. these are the assets and I did not include NHL players. So there's no buy Bowen Byram on this list. Predominantly because I didn't believe that he was actually going to get moved in season. No. Um, especially. Whew. Well, that's. Yeah. So that's, starting on this list, we have Mikhail Gliev. Swift skating, young defenseman that was a recent first-round pick uh, and is one of Colorado's better prospects in the system. Mm-hmm. It's an easy sell as to why he would be considered uh, one of their better assets to move. Um, I, I have him at five because, yes, he would have value in a deal, yeah. but I think the main reason he's not higher up on this list is because he's going to be in Russia for at least another two or three years. Yeah. So uh, he's probably not coming to North America anytime soon, which means anybody trading for him right now would be really punting on the present for the future. I think it's always been the plan, right, for him to stick over there. Yeah, when he was drafted, he had already, he had a multi-year contract over there already. So it was, there was never any doubt about He's going to be, I think it was at least two seasons. And they then he good, signed another one to add a third year on. They got good representation down there in Russia, too. Like my good buddy, Alexei Gusarov, a uh, former teammate there that works for the Avs now in, in Russia. So kind of always helps to have a set of eyes down there and make yeah. sure you're keeping well, track on. Build a bridge to those Russian guys and make you yep. feel like you're still, you know, like the organization cares. Yep. It could take a little while, but as we're about to see with Nikolai Kovalenko, it can pay off. I mean, Goose is one of my favorite teammates of all time. We can do a pod on him one day. It's fine. The whole pod is the best. Stories about that man are awesome. All right, let's move on to number yeah. cuatro. Number, number four on this list, and the reason uh, that I have him higher than Guliev is just proximity to the NHL, Sean Behrens. Um He's having a better junior year than he did sophomore season, in my opinion. He should be getting an ELC at the end of the season. He's a junior, right? Yes, and I thought that after the end of last year, but there were, as Megan has detailed, there were a number of factors that led to the decision for him to go back for another season. 
But if he signs, he immediately becomes the best defensive prospect for the Avalanche. I'm not considering Sam Malinsky a prospect anymore. He'd be in the top seven. He would be, yeah. yeah um, At the NHL level. Exactly. Yeah. The, the abs, I, I think of him as a de facto and a full-time NHL player, just as it is, because the abs clearly would like to have him there. They just kind of have a loaded blue line at the moment. Um, they can't really find a home for his game yet, but... Sean Barron's uh, would be, I have him kind of on the same caliber of prospect as uh, Drew Hellison when the Avs traded Drew Hellison at the deadline for Josh Manson. Um, that that he's a good prospect. He's not a great prospect, but Barron's has, has really lived up to his profile in college hockey as a really smart player. Yeah. Uh, a better defender than you would think given his uh, lack of size, but... Uh, more of an offensive guy, yeah. Um, and questions. He's so small. the The questions about him at the NHL level are: Can he even? He's not as poor a skater as Will Butcher was. He's a better skater than that, but he's not an elite skater. Like a, he doesn't have the kind of edge work and evasiveness in his game as like a Sam Gerrard, even though he's the same size as a guy like Gerrard. So, uh, can how does Barron's balance those things to be effective in the NHL is a fair question to ask, but he's a good young puck moving defenseman ready to break into pro hockey. There's a lot of value there. Yes. And I, I would have had him uh, at the start of the, this season, I would have had him at the highest on this list of their, uh, of the movable prospects. It's funny because when you're seeing guys, when you're getting phone calls on guys, that's when you know, you know what I mean? Like it, it's, it's funny because yeah. teams are calling you on, Hey, I'm gonna call. What about the Sean Barons? You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. funny. And then there's some guys. It's absolutely dead quiet. You know what I mean? So maybe because teams don't do a good job. You know what I mean? Scouting the other teams' depth charts. You know, or whatever uh, reserve list. But um, yeah, that's a good. That's a good pick. By and again, let's not panic here, people. It's not that we're saying those guys are gonna get traded. We're saying these yeah. are assets that you know the Avs could use potentially to yeah. better themselves to go get the the silver trophy here down the stretch. Yeah, and I think it's become obvious leading up to this deadline that there is not a perfect fit anymore for the Avalanche. Um, something that's going to cost a lot of a lot of the capital. Yeah, is that that really big move isn't there? So, yeah, you know. Um, these are assets that I think will be, you know, I, I would have a hard time seeing Guliev getting moved. Of all the assets that will be on this list, I think Barron's is the most likely to be moved. All right, let's move on to number number three. three. Yeah, we have Cal Ritchie, um, who's had a great year in the OHL. Uh, I, I saw there was a list recently released uh, yesterday, two days ago, that had him listed as the sixth best prospect not in the NHL. Um that's a little rich for my blood, but he is having a really, really good year and the kind of year that either that that certainly elevates his stock as a trade asset, but also gets you excited about what he might become in the NHL. I know Rudo and I were pretty down on the pick when it was made. Um, and one of the big reasons was we don't really know what this guy looks like without shoulder problems. Mm -hmm. Well, we have See a better idea. Yeah. And he's pretty good. So um, I, I think that as happens every year when a prospect actually plays pretty well, we're seeing a little overrating of Cal Ritchie as a prospect and the caliber of player uh, that he is with people talking about him potentially making the team next year. Yeah. For me, that's a tough stretch, but I, I won't 
say no way because he could come into camp and just look really good. You worked for the Avs when, uh, and and you were one of his most vocal proponents back in the day when Ryan O'Reilly made the team. Right. So, um, you know, I don't want to say it can't happen. Would he be better served as Colorado's fourth line center next year or going back to the OHL for another year? That'll be the conversation that the Avalanche have to have over the summer and in their uh, training camp meetings. And didn't get to see him development camp or, yeah, like you said, training camp because of the shoulder injury. Right? We so. will get to see him at Dev Camp in July, and we will get to see him hopefully at Rookie Camp, yeah. yep. uh, wherever it's hosted next year. I don't even know where we're going. I'm trying to remember. Is it back to Anaheim next year? I no, I don't no. know I don't know where it I don't know that it's been announced so I'm hope for my money it should just stay in Vegas every year it's the easiest it's the yeah, most convenient yeah, it, is. it is everybody likes it just keep it in Vegas stop messing around San Jose I don't know anyway um oh God, our, I hope uh, <laughs> San Jose you guys are going ah, the new tri- the new rink um all right number two yeah number two I've got the 2025 first round pick is because he, is he a good player he's <laughs> he's probably a decent. 16 year old right now yeah. that we are a long way off from seeing uh first round picks are always really valuable yeah. teams covet them like crazy the avalanche have only traded one first round pick uh in the last i don't even know how many years it's been a long time and that was for darcy kemper and that was a kind of a you backed yourself into a corner you played chicken with the goaltender market and it was you or edmonton and and that'll be in the right call yeah funny enough those teams played each other in the Western Conference Final, and Darcy Kemper did not participate. <laughs> Much. Anyway, he played the first like period of game one. Um, number one? Yeah, and number one, it's the 2024 first-round pick. Closer to being ready to play. Exact same comments that you just made. Yeah. And one year closer to. Yeah, and teams, it's easier to sell because you you know this better, the, better than I do, certainly, yeah. that uh, part, of, part of the trade deadline is winning the press conference. You want to be able to sell your fans on, hey, we got a first-round pick. And it doesn't always feel great when you go out there and you say, oh, we got a first-round pick in 2025. Yeah. So this isn't even a pick that you're going to make this year, but it's a pick that you're going to make next next June. And that guy could be four years away from the NHL. So now it's 2029 before this guy even is helping us. And I'm supposed to be excited about that? So... Yeah, it's a it's a tougher sell, but this year's first round pick is it's for every single team. It's always valuable. Is it more valuable for teams that are in the middle of the pack? Like if St. Louis wanted to maybe do something bold and trade a first round pick for a guy, yep. than a team that is very very uh, likely to make the postseason, like the Avalanche. Yeah, of course. But that's why those teams don't move first round picks very often. And the Avs will be, you know, if you're if you're trading for the Avalanche first round pick, you should be planning for it to be 24 or later. Well, that's a great list for your bet three six five five assets, top five assets the Avs could use uh, to better themselves. And if you want to better your house, you can always uh, look at Empire today. So we're brought to you by Empire today with Empire. You get shop at home convenience, the right product for your needs, quick and professional installation. Our philosophy is to help you find what you need, not trying to oversell you, not overwhelm you with thousands of choices or substitutes. Flooring is all Empire Today does. We live and breathe flooring so you can be confident you're getting honest upfront advice. Schedule a free 
in-home estimate today. All listeners can receive a $350 off discount when they use the promo code DNVR. Restrictions apply. See EmpireToday.com slash DNVR for details. Also, we love Illegal Pete's. There's one right down the street here from us, and there's a new one in Wheat Ridge, Colorado. You going uh, to that? Well, you know, uh, the 29th, got to look at the schedule, right? That's uh, yeah. Chicago. Is that the Chicago game? Oh, yeah. Um, well, now you have a friend in the, in the burrito business, right? You know what I mean? So oh, Illegal yeah. Pete's uh, Golds opens the doors February 29th. For the grand opening, swing by and join the festivities with live music, endless margaritas, and of course, all your favorite burrito fixings. Located in Gold's Market Place on the corner of 26 and Kipling, overlooking Crown Hill Park in Wheat Ridge, Colorado. Stop by to be a part of this historical illegal Pete's moment and. I would do a little bit of queso because I love their queso. And yeah. I know Rudol talks about their queso all the time, but I love their queso. You and I jammed on their queso at the yeah, Christmas party quite a bit. Right. <laughs> Sitting next to each other, yeah. burying our faces in illegal Pete's queso. Um, let's talk a little bit uh, before we uh, you know, wrap this up. A little bit about tomorrow. Yeah. Um, Toronto Maple Leafs. On an absolute heater, to use that word again. Those guys are on fire. Morgan Riley gets suspended five games. They go 5-0. and oh. uh, He's back now, but Morgan Riley being a big piece. And then you got freaking Any Matthews. coincidence that a bad defensive player <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> leads to better <laughs> team results for them? Yeah, and not only that, they're scoring like freaking six goals or four goals or plus the last six games. And all Austin Matthews. Nobody else is allowed to score for them. It's that guy is real. Jesus, what a season! So what a game! It's it's a five o'clock start tomorrow. Five o'clock start here in Denver. Weird because it's probably seven you know seven o'clock back east hockey, hockey in night Canada. in Canada. Yeah. So, but five o'clock. So there's no morning skate at the rink in the morning. We won't know much of what's going on. And but uh, expect the Avs to come out flying. Expect the, the Leafs to come out flying. It should be a good one like it was the first time around, right? Uh, that was a good game. Yeah, I mean, don't spot the them a three-goal lead, please. Exactly, yeah. Um, I don't know. Apparently, Samsonov's flaws are all gone now, and he's an elite goalie, and um, we'll see. Um, well, that as we've seen with goaltenders, all you have to do to fix them is just send them to the AHL. Yeah, but don't play him there. Just yeah. send him there and then talk with him. Let him, let him know that when he passes through waivers yeah. that nobody in the league wants him. <laughs> Hey, it, it worked. Whatever they were, he got his game back on track somewhere. So give him his props. Does that mean that that's your guy now? I don't know. Again, you're talking about goalies. If you're one of those teams that should be looking for a goalie, or is the Toronto Maple Leafs? And, and you know they're they are too. Um, any super chats? No, perfect. Easy so day. easy day. Looking forward to a great evening and watching a little college hockey tonight. And then uh, uh, the Eagles are playing tonight. Uh, I think Megan's going to the game. Um, I'm looking forward to playing video games tonight. Yes. It's been too long. It's been too long for you guys. And Well, anyway, drop us a like. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, wherever you want to follow us. Uh, we get to work every day with wonderful people uh, at TIFF. As you see her right now, this is what we get to look at and try to keep a straight face and not start laughing. And that's why AJ was laughing the whole show. Um, look at that face with that hat. It's awesome. So we get to work with great people every day. Rudo, Megan, AJ, 
not myself. I'm just a tag along, and those guys have been awesome. Yeah, Megan, Eric first star. Megan gets first star. I mean, Megan. Tiff gets first star. Sorry, Tiff gets first star every day for all the work she does behind the scenes, and she is always there for us. She is our leader and cleans up after us in every aspect to make sure that AJ is under control and Rudo. I'm a wild man. Rudo's a wild man. You're not a wild man. You're my wingman. Rudo's a wild man. All right. Well, we thank you, and let's move on, and let's wrap this up, and we'll see everyone tomorrow. I do believe it's a 4.30 pregame. 4.30 pregame. And I'm not sure if there's a watch along tomorrow. I, didn't, I forgot. If there is. Okay, watch, along watch along tomorrow. tomorrow. All right. All shebang tomorrow. But, uh, Rudo should be back, and uh, thank you, and we'll see you tomorrow. We all silly like the mayor. 